Hello, everybody. Happy New Year, and welcome to this week's new episode of the Blue Surge Podcast. It is Mike and Joe and Craig, and we are here in 2023. We are recording this on Wednesday, January 4th at around noon Eastern time. So again, Happy New Year. Hopefully you guys had a safe Happy New Year. Hopefully you got to set yourself some resolutions, set yourself some goals, spend time with family, however you spent it. Hopefully you spent it in the way that you wanted to. Joe, how was your New Year? Uh, New Year itself was okay. Like When I was a kid, we used to, uh, one of my friends would always come over for New Year's Eve because his parents would go to a formal. And so I, I just hung out with him. We played some video games and watched uh, that horrible U of M football game. But then you also got to watch Ohio State lose. Um, I didn't because we watched the ball drop and Ooh. they lost right at the ball drop. Perfect. That Someone was talking about that. And I know not everyone that listens is a sports, sports uh, enthusiast, but they were talking like, man, how did they screw that up? Like they should have been able to time it to where either it happened after the ball drop or before. Some people loved it. Some people loved that as the ball dropped, the field goal was kicked. Oh, it was great. Which is pretty cool. Now, as a Michigan fan, we were not thrilled to see the outcome of our game. But, you know, for Ohio State to lose isn't too bad either. So we kind of had to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, but it made us feel a little bit better. I think it was more relief. It was more of like, oh, okay, thankfully. Because if if we were the ones, we say we, if Michigan's football team was the one who prevented the rematch, that would have been embarrassing. So for me, well, at least it was relief. TCU is a good team. They are. They they play well. I think I don't think people were ready to see how good they actually ended up being. But sounds like you had a solid New Year. I did as well. I spent it at home. I mean, New Year's for me, it's cool. It's it's fun to start a new year. But I never really got into the huge celebrations of it i've watched the ball drop i've gone to par i've 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 done those things and for me staying at home with people i care about and just kind of enjoying the evening is something i just would prefer to do in most cases so there wasn't a whole lot for me but hopefully as listeners you guys enjoyed as i said your new year's holiday however you spent it now as we get ready for the next part 2023, Joe, you brought up that we should go over our resolutions, and you are 100% correct. We're going to go over the resolutions we set last year. We're going to talk about if we actually achieved them or achieved them partially or however we view it. And then at the end of it, actually, we'll save it to the end of the episode. We'll save it to the end of the episode of what your resolutions will be for this year. I think that'll be a good way to end it. So let's kind of circle back. Joe, at the beginning of 2022, you know, we we discussed going back and listening to it. We discussed how kind of our goals in 2021 were ruined because of how COVID and how the game reacted to it and so on and so forth. So our goals were really not super successful because there was a lot of unknown in the air. Yes. This past year, things were a bit more consistent or at least a little more clear. So I'm going to let you share first. I want you to share what your resolution was and how you view your success or how you viewed maybe your shortcomings with it. Uh, So I 
my resolution this oh, this past year was to get a play test group going and play once a month to test some decks out or just play and jump get back into the groove of the game. Uh, and I did that for the first two to three months, February, January, or January, February. Um, but as some of you may know, I'm a Ukraine descent, and so a lot of things really changed for me. Uh, for multiple reasons, because the the war breaking out in Ukraine and stuff like that. So, uh, my other hobbies slash things I do outside of work and Pokemon really took up a lot of that time to uh, dedicate what was needed and help raise funds to uh, people in that area. So a lot of things got thrown to the back burner and Pokemon had to take the back burner for me um, because unfortunately with my work schedule, I can't play often enough either. So it just kind of made sense to put that on the back burner for a bit. Um, But the last month or two, I picked it back up again, um, playing in person. Uh, I tend to play today. Um, it's a rare feat that I am off on Wednesday, and usually I work till what seven on Wednesdays, which our league starts at six thirty. So um, I can never really play. So uh, I plan on going today, and I want to say that my resolution was probably forty percent successful, thirty to forty percent, because I did play a couple months in the beginning and a couple months in the back of the end. So I, I can play it back about October, November. Uh, played a little bit in December and then um, took the Christmas hiatus until now. I feel like I feel like that's like a very common. I feel like it's a very common outcome for most resolutions, right? To like start it really hot, and then you kind of fall by the wayside, and then you pick it back up again, and it's kind of that back and forth. So it yeah. sounds like it was it was like a very traditional. It's a very traditional outcome of a resolution. Because let's be honest, most resolutions that people set do not happen. Most, yes. Which is a bummer, but I mean, I think that also comes down to you know it's part of the part of the culture to set resolutions, and you know, you obviously had something that you weren't predicting to happen happen during the year that definitely fo- changed your focus for quite a bit. So I think that's fair. My resolution, I had two of them. One was to complete some of the sets that I've been collecting. You know, I have base jungle fossil and so on and so forth. And my second part of the resolution was to play PTCGO like consistently on a weekly basis. And the first part I've done pretty well on. I have completed one more set that I didn't have before. I even completed the little celebrations mini set. So I've been completing sets to put in my binders. The main illustrator that I collect, it's an ongoing process, so that will never be completed, but I have made progress on that as well. So I think, generally speaking, I have done a pretty good job on that one. Financially, did take a break from card buying when I purchased a house, so that definitely changed things towards the end. But previously to that, I was I was doing a pretty good job, and I definitely completed what I wanted to. The second part, PTCGO, again... I I did a pretty consistent job of that on a weekly basis. The only time that it stopped was when PTCG Live came out and we've been trying to migrate our account and the migration keeps getting blocked. And then Scarlet and Violet came out and because PTCG Live was getting blocked, we were like, all right, different Pokemon game. And we've been playing that a lot. 
I haven't tried the migration in a little bit. I know there's a ton of bugs. I'm still curious to try it. So I'm I'm hoping to do that soon. But I I think collecting I did a very good job of, but the consistently on a weekly basis, I'm sure I missed weeks here or there, but I think I did a pretty okay job with that. I think really the PTCG Live put the biggest wrench in the whole situation, but I think I did okay. So overall, decent resolutions. We'll talk about our 2023 resolutions when we get there. But before we move on, I just think it's cool to be able to listen back to this stuff, you know, because now we're on what year? Are we? It's not. It's year three, four almost, right? Four, almost four. Yeah, because we're we're like around that 200 episode mark, right? There's 52 weeks in a year, so we're closing in on that four year mark of the show, which is pretty crazy. Because it doesn't feel that long. No. It really, and it's not even, I don't even mean that in like, like you can view it sentimentally, you can view it like however you want to view it, but just, it does not feel like it's been four years. Because if we think back to what has happened over the course of four years, it's been pretty crazy to look back and go, oh yeah, we've just been doing this. Which is pretty, uh, pretty incredible. And there's been times where you and I have talked about, eh, maybe we're losing it. Maybe we don't want to do it anymore. But I've been impressed that we've been here and have kept doing the show. Just, I yeah. think, in general. I don't know how you feel about that. It's, uh, it's amazing how much like, we've kept up. I'm just kind of stunned by how much we kept up with it. I think this is my longest trending thing I've done honestly, the last several years consistently. Absolutely. It's literally, it's the one thing that hasn't stopped. And, you know, our our frequency of playing the game has fluctuated. And obviously we've talked about, you know, as a trading card game show, we really should be playing the game more. But I think we've just done a good job of, all right, we enjoy it. This is a part of our week that we take part in. We love giving the show out. We we love just the consistency of it. and, And we keep doing it. And, it also helps us stay involved with the game. Especially when life gets busy with something else. Like, Absolutely. That's what, that's what I mean. Like, it, it helps us stay invested in the game, and otherwise, I don't know if we would. I think without the show, I don't think I'd still be in the game, maybe. Well, right? especially over the past couple of years you've had, right? Mm-hmm. With COVID, and then with the like stuff going on in Ukraine, all that stuff... It, it's been hard for you to be involved in it, but the show has kept you involved to the point where it's like, oh, okay, there's a regional this weekend. Oh, okay, there's new cards. Let's check it out. Oh, okay, I'm available to go to League. I'm available to play GLC. Let's do this. So I think it's been, I think it's been pretty awesome. So I'm, I'm curious to see if we can, if we can make it to five. I think that's, you know, generally the goal of the show, but, you know, we'll have to play it by ear. That being said, though, let's talk about what we're going to talk about this week. The first, we have a little bit of news. We're going to talk a little bit about the regional coming up. And then, as I said, we'll finalize with our resolutions. News. Shocker. Not a lot right now. We have officially seen the silver border hollows for the new sets. They look wonderful. Do you agree or disagree? Agree. They look awesome. I'm pretty sure everyone's going to be a fan of that. We have seen some new hollow patterns. Do you like that, Joe? Agree. He agrees on that. And then finally, the last piece of news. Uh, and uh, 
I will say on a side note, I am avoiding all the Crown Zenith stuff because it's a bunch of reprints and there's some gym promos we haven't got that we're getting. Like Kyogre V got revealed, but we've we've talked about that before and they're not really anything crazy. Palpat is getting reprinted. What are your thoughts on Palpat returning? Agree. I think that's a card that kind of like Crushing Hammer, kind of like um, Rare Candy. I feel like those are cards that just always have to exist. I don't know how you feel on the, about that on a real note. Uh, I've always been a big supporter of it in the past. Uh, I, there's been times where I look at Duckless, I'm like, why don't you put a Palpat? And then they're like, yeah, maybe I could do that. Or I... If you have an extra, it's one of those cards like slots. If you have an extra one, you put a pal pad in. Yeah, it's just generally a very balanced and solid item card. So, not a whole lot to say on it. If you don't know what pal pad does, you shuffle for up to two supporter cards from your discard pile into your deck. It's never been overpowered, it's always been respected, it's been played in a lot of decks. You see it a little more in like stall decks, but that being said, it. It is a necessary card, and it's. I think it's always been perfectly balanced for what it does. And that covers the news. There really isn't a whole lot. You know, we're getting ready for the new set in the next weeks and months as we prepare for that. We're jumping into regionals in the new year, so there's still kind of that break going on around holiday time. But we do have an event coming up this weekend. San Diego. San Diego, California Regional is happening. This is the first event since Scarlet and Violet that will feature both the TCG and the video game side of things. VGC will officially be having its first competition of the new generation, which is exciting. The big conversation here that I wanted to touch base on is we've seen this before in the TCG during COVID, but because of how terrestrialization works in this generation, the VGC competitive guidelines has decided to allow open team sheet, which means that when you're playing an opponent, whether it be beforehand or during, I imagine it's mainly beforehand, you have access to what Pokemon are on the team, what items they have, and what Terra type they possess. You do not get to see stats. You do not get to see any EVs and IVs and any of the really, really uh, micromanaging stuff. But you get a general sense of what is on the team and how to go about it. We have seen this in the TCG during COVID. But I wanted to kind of bring up the conversation of if they did this in regional events, international events, like really big in-person events. Because the video game, people have had mixed opinions. You know, while most people figure out who is playing what as the tournament progresses, being able to see those tech moves, being able to see those items that you wouldn't normally expect. Some people have mixed opinions on whether or not that is good for the game because it, it allows people to see these gimmicks that might otherwise surprise them. So the question I have for you, Joe, relates to this with the TCG. Online, it's different because you always have that list in front of you. And I don't know if you would necessarily have it in front of you when you are on stage or when you're playing. That seems like a lot of work. It could be maybe you carry around like a printed card with you that has your deck list. I'm not really sure how that functions. I'm really interested to see how it works this weekend. But in 
in relation to an in-person event, how do you think open deck list would change the way events work? Taking what you've seen from the COVID times where they did allow open deck lists, uh, taking what we've talked about with the video game side of things, if they went open deck list, would you be a fan of that? Would you not be? How do you feel about that change? As a person who likes playing memes and cheesy things, I generally not in favor for it <clears throat> because the element of surprise has gone away and there there's no I I think it brings down the creativity in general actually. Um because people can be creative and just do different things with their decks, right? Um really tuck different things and try to, to do some surprise stuff. Um, surprises happen a lot less than if that's actually were to do something that way. Um, I know a lot of pros were in favor of it, but um, during those times where the pandemic happened, they had the open sheets for deck lists. Uh, they liked it, not getting any surprises, which most people are, but like that's how I enjoy playing the game, is bringing surprises to people and seeing if they can deal with it or not. So for me personally, not a good thing, but in general for the game, that could be pretty good. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have the same stance as you. Pros, a lot of pros favored it because, you know, points have been made that when you're in an event, in an event, and you are a maybe more established player and have a community of people around you, typically word travels and you figure out what people are playing. You know, the gimmicks work early, but if you make it the day two, you pretty much understand or at least have a have a decent understanding of what you're going to be going up against because you know people and you can talk to them. And some higher level people have made the point of, well, with this, those newer players, those players that don't have those people to communicate with can still have the same advantage that these established players have, which is information. Information is always helpful. Information always is welcome in any competitive format of any sort. You know information. You can adjust how you play. You can prepare for things. And it is fascinating to think about because on the video game side of things, like let's say you have a special item and it's a one-time use and it really changes things if someone catches it off guard. Like for example, there's a item called Mental Herb in the video game. What Mental Herb does is if you try to taunt a Pokemon, which is preventing it from using a non-damaging move, it uses up the herb and it basically protects that Pokemon. But it's a one-time use. Seeing that on a team sheet, yes, you know it. Yes, your team, your opponent knows it. But now, do they play around it? Do they just brute force through it because they know it's there and they're going to need to get through it eventually? It, it, it produces some different mind games. And I feel that in the card game, it could be similar as well. Because let's say you have that one of card that could really sway a matchup. Your opponent might now play around it to the point that they almost overplay it. Does that, does that make sense? Yes, it does. Like, like you over prepare for something. And I think that that would be really fascinating to see. Because I, I get it. You saw it during COVID in an online sense, but I think that's totally different because of the scenery, the pressure, the way the format is set up in an in-person event where there's a time, like the timer well, is a little more stressful on you. I don't know. I think the other 
reason why they did that is because there's a lot of streamers also streaming their tournaments and games in order to make it fair instead of prevent stream sniping. Probably they, they made it open as well. That's a good point. Yeah, that's, that is probably why they did it during COVID. That, that is a good point to bring up. If everyone knows anything, you can't cheat. I just, I, I would really like to see it. I would really like to see it. I think it'll be really, really interesting because again, the first initial opinion is you can't play like certain cards because it won't be a surprise. But on the flip side, maybe the the pressure of that surprise existing and knowing it's there, it's like a, it's like a scary movie. You know the jump scare is showing up. You just don't know when it's going to show up. So I don't know. Maybe maybe that I think that would be really interesting. I, I don't know if the TCG would ever do it, but I really think they could, and I think it would be fine because if they do, I think they would need to eliminate one round in each day, though, because you would need to give some people sufficient time to have pairings up, look at the deck list, what they have, and prepare, make notes. Because you can make notes during the TCG games. Like, pro players do it all the time. Would you would you allow people to have access to the team sheet during during a round? Because it would, you know, it would it would play into the timer. I would say no as well, because the only way you can look at team sheet possibly is through your phone. And Unless they that, required like a printout. That, that's the only thing we do is a printout and have it right in front of you. Now, what would be interesting, which would also be time consuming too, is each person had a laminated sheet of their deck list so you can use a track racer marker on it. Which is a lot though, too, like you said, time consuming. Yeah. And also, like as you said that, another thing I've talked about too is while that would be like it'd be fine, the only big problem with it I could see would be I think players would take advantage of that and use that to timer stall as well. Yeah. So maybe that wouldn't work at all. Because if you're if you need that tie, and let's say you just check the deck list every turn, that that would that would produce some pretty shifty, shady situations. Like I think the tournaments are too big to do anything. What you could probably do, like, would be implement like a timeout thing. But the, at that point, if you have a thousand some players. And everybody's going off general game clock. You can't really just pause it to do anything, right? No, you can't. So maybe maybe removing a round would be the correct way. I'm not really sure. Well, it's not- like, but like, but say say you, I'm not sure. It's been a while since I've been at a big tournament like that. So it's like, what do you have five minutes from announcement of rounds to start of the game or something like that? Yeah, I mean, it's like, would you bump it to ten to fifteen minutes so you could dance look at the deck list? I don't know. I wouldn't go too far because you know it's available to you, but it's a, it's an option, right? I think but efficiency. Some are, but sometimes those times are meant for like getting a snack, going to the bathroom, other things too. Like it's just right. not nonstop Pokemon play. Maybe I'd go ten minutes, but I wouldn't go past that to give people the opportunity. But yeah, you're right. It would be weird. It'd be weird to see how they mediate that because again. A video game too. It's a lot easier to see what's on a team. Well, you have six things to worry about. Yeah, you have six things to worry about, <laughs> and instead of having like sixty, now normally those sixty are very identical, and usually people that are prepared already know. So more times than not, this wouldn't really come into play. But I would be fascinated to see how that would be mediated in an event. I would like to see that. I don't. I don't think it'll ever happen. But I'm. 
if it could be mediated properly, I'd really love to see it. That's probably what it comes down to mostly. It's not even the fact that people would have information. It would be more of they wouldn't do it because how do you how do you run an event smoothly and add that into the equation? Yeah, it, it's a it's a logistical nightmare. Yeah, you know, the more we talk about that, the more the more that's kind of where I lie. So I just thought it would be cool to talk about. Yeah. I. I don't really have any huge opinions on what's going to win this weekend. You know, we've had some time off with the holidays and I'm just kind of looking forward to watching and seeing what gets played. We're in that limbo again where we know a set's coming. We know a big change is coming and these dead, these not dead periods, these stale periods, we start to see some more interesting stuff pop up. So, I mean, the last, the last regional we had Lugia one. So there was still a ton of Lugia. So maybe we still see that again, but I guess we'll just end the conversation with I plan on watching a lot of it and I'm very interested to see how it goes. Yeah, I, I think this is the f- no, this is the second tournament with the new with the new cards, right? Because no, this is the third one. Okay, this is because we had Brisbane, we had Toronto, and and Lugia was legal for that. So this is the third event with Lugia. Okay. So I, it's more of a question of you know that lost boss Lugia tug of war. And now we see more of these amazing rares, so I'm curious to see kind of how that changes. And we've also seen a decent amount of Reggies that keep showing up. So maybe Reggie pops off for an event and has a high finish. Any comments on the regional before we move on to our resolutions? No. All right. Well, let's get to it. We are at the year of 2023. You have until 2024. Joe, what is your Pokemon trading card game? resolution uh to be honest with you i don't know if i can even make one this year uh with my current situation i am going back to school or i'm gonna call it a boot camp it's not really a school where i'll be in class three nights a week and resources and time need to go to studying so for me to make a resolution beyond this boot camp period, it's be twenty four weeks, uh, which will get me into like July. For me, right. it's hard to focus that far in advance to uh, really make a resolution to figure out where I'm at that point in time. But the reason I am doing this boot camp and change is because I couldn't play Pokemon um, right now. Financially, it's becoming a lot more difficult to play Pokemon. So really, I guess this is almost in tandem of for Pokemon and my other hobbies that I want to do is that I am changing careers and a career path for my better work-life balance, better financial situation to do the hobbies I like to do. So that's in a weird way or roundabout way. My resolution right now is to better my life so i can do the things i want to do like play pokemon so your resolution would be to complete your career change so you can play more pokemon partially yes like others other things too but yes to make time for pokemon because like today we're gonna go play league which is on wednesday now instead of mondays for us um which i haven't played a league like this in since the pandemic because of your job and because of the pandemic and all that stuff. And my schedule now. So that's the way it is. And so like I haven't played like a, a nightly tournament like this in three plus years. 
I, I think that's fair. I think it's fair to have a resolution literally be to successfully change careers so you can play in relation to the card game to play more Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I think that's completely fair. And and mine, I think you can actually still even do with me. So my my resolution, I was thinking, okay, do I want to focus it on playing? Do I want to focus it on like the online client like I did last year? Do I want to focus it on my collection? And over this next year, you know, I moved into a house. I finished school, so that opens up time, but you know, still working. I have a wedding in Ju- in June, like my own, so I that that takes up time. I I landed on this. I think this is a solid one for me. My my resolution is to rewatch top matches after each big event, like watch vods and actually look at the events going on because like this weekend, I'm going to watch San Diego, but I'm going to be doing other things like we do, right? You do stuff on the weekend. I'm going to watch the games and do other stuff. Watch the games and do other stuff. My resolution is for each major event to at least go back and watch a few VODs that they post on YouTube. Because they always post them, right? Uh, always, yeah, some do. In some well, way. We'll say most, most big events do. Pokemon Hells that has them, and if not, I think Balthazar's has it too sometimes. Yes, Balthazar does a good job of it. So my my resolution is to watch. I, I'm gonna set it this. My resolution is to watch at least every top four that gets posted after big events, and watch through them. At least top four, just to kind of see and really watch these top level players play. And I I typically watch them anyway. But if I don't, to actually go back and watch the VODs and really analyze those games and improve improve what I bring to the table in terms of the competitive scene. Because I think in some of the recent events, probably because there was such a big hiatus, we've been slacking lately on giving quality analysis on how the meta is forming and how it's being played. And I, that my, my resolution relates to that. I want to be able to really be able to recall some matches, break down some plays, and bring a lot more to the table on that end of things. So that's mine. With that being said, we set our resolutions. We talked about the event this weekend. I'm excited to watch the video game and the trading card game this weekend. That brings us to the end of our show. Joe, is there anything you would like to add before we head out of here and go play League in a few hours? Everybody have a good day. And have a good weekend, and we'll see you next. We'll hear you next week, maybe. I don't know. You'll hear us next week. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show as you do as we work into year four here very soon. Thank you so much for just being a part of it. Every new year is cool to just kind of look back and reflect. And as we said at the beginning, just knowing that this has been consistent for so long is, is, is a special thing. So thank you all for being a part of it, as you have been. Enjoy your weekend with family and friends, and we will see you next time.